Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you, back for another episode of The Coach. This week, we are right in the middle of Side Project Summer. Very exciting. And this week, we are talking about a side project from Slipknot. That's right. To my surprise, by to my surprise... Let's just dive right into this bad boy. Jenny, when did this record come out? This record was released on October 7th, 2003. Well, that's a come down record. A come down record. And um, I but guess it's, we'll if it's in a uh, si- if it's in a side project during the come down, is it a give me a break record? I don't think we've ever talked about a give me a break record before. Just uh, are, you, are you thinking like mad and like a get me out of here? I need a minute. I need some air. Yeah, just thinking like ah, uh, I gotta, I gotta take a knee for a minute. We've been too much chug and crunch. <laughs> <laughs> it it might be. It might be. Um, Jenny, any history to my surprise? No, I had never heard of it um, before we picked it up for this podcast. How about you guys? I uh, actually got a promo copy of this record when I was in college, and it definitely had um, hidden on it. Like I, I was like, "Oh wait, this is a Slipknot side project." And I remember listening to it, thinking it did not sound like Slipknot at all. I don't. I don't think I had a negative thought toward it, but it just was something where I'm like, "Okay, yeah, not like Slipknot though." Um, and then honestly, had not thought about it in many, many years, and yet here we are, Matt. Any history? I'll tell you the truth. None. None whatsoever. I All applaud right. your honesty. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm, guys, this isn't the time to start lying to you. I don't know. Anytime, Matt. At this point, our trust is just, so deep yeah. that what you could I really, really fuck started with us. to pretend like I knew, like... Oh yeah, I celebrate all of uh slip what's the name of this band again? I celebrate all <laughs> to of To my slip- surprise. To my surprise, I've known me and those boys, they go back. I, this is like the it would be like me saying I know kung fu, but I know a version of kung fu that they don't teach anybody. It's like violet red uh kung fu where to pass the test you have to rip the heart out of a charging bowl. Like that's the level of lying that I would be doing. If I said I knew anything about to my surprise. I don't know if I trust anybody enough to believe that if they told me. <laughs> that, that I would I would have to be like, all right, I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some sources. <laughs> like, well, no offense, but prove it. Well, I didn't pull that example straight out of a hat. I used to work I, with a guy thank who God. of course of course this was a guy who uh it was when I worked at the baby store. I worked at Babies R Us and he told a customer that we had a white changing table. We didn't. We only had natural. And he just started to spray paint it in the back with white paint, um, which, if you don't know, won't work. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a double down. That's a double down. That's a hard yeah. double down. Make wow. it right. Make it yeah. right, as make they it say. Right. Customer's always right. Make, make it right for them. So yeah, let's just dive into, Jenny, who's in to my surprise so to my surprise is sean crahan better known to us as clown uh on drums vocals scratch 
He's a producer, art direction, and photography. Brandon Darner on guitars, vocals, scratch, and is a producer. And Steven Robinson on guitars and vocals. So it's a trio here. Indeed, uh, Sean and Brandon, producers on this record. But uh, we don't always talk about this, but executive producer on this record, Jenny. That would be Rick Rubin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just casually (laughs) executive produced by Rick Rubin. I don't know. Of of course he is. I was going to say Rick Rubin, too, because I was just like, it's going to be Rick Rubin. Oh, it is. He can nap through anything. He can nap through anything. Yeah. Um, The story goes that... um, Crahan sent Rick Rubin the demos and he was just like producing it at home and in Iowa and Rubin was like you gotta get to LA baby and produce this record right and so yeah I guess he put him up in the big studio and that's where they made the record this was made in between Iowa and volume three Slipknot albums basically according to an interview the Crayon gave to MTV. He said he was working on this album and it made him find his musical voice that he had not been able to find while working in Slipknot. That uh, some of these songs were magical musical experiences to get them done. Uh, but this was also put out on Roadrunner. So put that into play. Uh, Jenny, we got some genre tags. Yes, we do. The genre tags on this album are alternative rock and indie pop. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't expecting those two together. Oh, yes, Matt. Oh, yes. Um, There was an interview that Crahan did with the New York Times. And um, I don't know, Jenny, did you have a chance to read this? Yes, I did. This was, it is funny to just show how, like, the viewpoint on new metal in 2003 that and then there's also a review that the new york times did after the record came out and it's just like everything this guy has done is bad but somehow this is good <laughs> that seems to be the tone <laughs> Every, I, yeah they, I think they they literally oh yeah they literally refer to um slipknot as they 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 acknowledge that they are popular um but then they say that their music is grinded out, aggressive, mostly tuneless new metal, and that it's a there. There's there's are the kind of concerts that no one wants their children to be at, and that that um you know they bring up the fact that like so I feel like this is stuff I don't even I wasn't even aware of this. This is er, earlier this year. Two murder suspects said they had listened to Slipknot for motivation before stabbing a friend to death. What? For these and other reasons, finding a kinder, gentler project influenced more by the Beatles than Corn is such a shocker. They call Crahan the chief instigator in Slipknot, and that he beats a percussion contraption on stage. Um, so this came in with like a lot of preconceived notions. Jenny, what other takeaways did you have from this interview? Something that I read that may have been, I don't know, more dark than in my mind than it actually was, was the very end of the interview talking to Brandon being like, one thing I came away from like making this record with recruitment is I need to make music to live. And like, I don't think that this really took off or anything. And I just hope that guy's okay. (laughs) 
because I don't know how much. I just hope he's okay. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. I, I I read that as well and thought like, well, this wasn't really like a. This wasn't a hit reception wise. It did not chart, and they. I, I would say they barely toured. They performed a, like a limited number of shows in North America in two thousand four, but other than that, um, there isn't a ton about this band i was honestly very surprised by how extensive the wikipedia was for it i kind of expected this to be like a just a tab um but it was a, a bit more extensive so i think the, i think oh yeah i'm sorry Jenny, i was just gonna say one more thing about this article that makes me laugh is the dude who wrote it neil strauss same guy who wrote that pickup artist shit. Yeah, the game. Same guy that wrote the game and later denounced the game, which longtime listeners will know we have discussed pickup artist shit in oh, detail yeah. many Indeed. times. But you always love to see it. You he got wrote. a neg, bro. You got to get a wingman and you got a neg. Got Wait, a neg. Did, did Neil Strauss do um, The Dirt with Motley Crue? Yes. Yep. Okay. Oh, then he Same. also did... Um, he did the the uh, the Jenna Jameson memoir too. This guy's been around. He's provided a lot for <laughs> many. He is but a he, provider. He is a provider, undoubtedly. He's also told stories about how mystery was crying because he can't make any relationship work. That is the the, the true gift. The game is. is a real bummer, actually. I, I mean, I he mean, like later denounced all that shit to his credit. I. I believe he's like happily married and surfing now. So, oh, well, there you, know, you go. Well, in hey, case anybody was, anybody was wondering what happened to Neil Strauss, I've been keeping up. I've been keeping uh, up. And this has been Strauss talk. This, this has been Strauss talk. <laughs> Important information, you know? Indeed. Um, well, I think uh, we've, we, uh, we should say, yeah, the, the reviews were very kind to this record. Um, New York Times uh, thought it was great. Um, when they actually reviewed it, all music three out of five. Calgary Sun three and a half out of five. The something called Baby Sue. I don't know what this is, um, but they gave it a five out of six, which is one of the stranger review uh, s- setups I've seen. Out of six, that's that's a strange. Usually, I'm used to fives or tens, um, but a six. Okay, all right. And something called counterculture gave it two and a half out of five. So actually, I like this um, this uh, line here from the Baby Sue review. This says the vocals are masculine yet right on key. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. So, That's a compliment, I think. I think. I think so. I think. I think. All right. Well, I think we are uh, ready to dive into this record. Uh, Jenny, what do we got coming up first? First track is the world's too small.
Matt and Oz, we're just going to start with you, my friend. You seem to be going through it right now. If this were 1994, that would have been like, ah, oh, this is Summer Jam. In 2021, as an adult, I'm like, please turn that off. It feels very dated. It feels immediately dated. And it doesn't like feel cool and i hate it boy i did not like that i did not like that at all i want that off that you put that on at the bonfire fire i might ask you to leave i wow wow i would say a surprise for me to hear matt have this wow to my surprise matt (laughs) to my surprise as well here's the problem lord Usually wow. when we record, I get to hear like the studio mix in my headphones and you two hear the song, but it's over Skype, but you've already heard the song like three times. So you know what it, it sounds like to me. It sounded like somebody had a recorder and was playing it like willy nilly. And then, um, yeah, ooh, ooh, what do you guys think? Save me. <laughs> I mean, I want to preface this by saying that about a week ago, I sent Mitch a text that said, I always forget how hard they go on the song hook. (laughs) I was listening to it super loud in my car, like loving every moment of it. So I am here for this sort of like throwback to 93, 94. I really liked it. Um, I was very, this was not what I was expecting. Um, Lauren, you had given me a little bit of a heads up, so I wasn't as shocked as I might have been otherwise, but I, uh, I liked it. It was like interesting to think about it coming out in 2003. Cause this definitely was like, well, I don't know. I guess like in 2003, we were still fucking with like the dandy Warhols and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, but I I liked it. I thought it was it, all right. I can understand that. It feels like a track three as well. Like, why is this track one, like, right out of the gate? Like, here's a mid-tempo boy. I mean, does it rip at the end, or is that the well, pace? We're going to, we're going to, there are some interesting choices in the sequencing, but also in the... I guess some sort of internal storyline of this album that we'll get into on, I think actually right on to the next track. But I am, when I put this on, I hadn't, you know, heard anything of it in, you know, 15, 16, 18 years, something like that since college. And so immediately I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is 
as far from Slipknot as you can get. But it was interesting how it sounds a lot like the the um, the indie promos I was getting at the time from bands whose names are like gone from my mind now. But I remember just having stacks of them where it sounded like they had you know, maybe like a drum machine and some acoustic guitars and maybe some loop pedals. And they were equally influenced by the Beatles, but also like Olivia Tremor Control and, you know, you know, this whole like, like the bedroom pop sort of thing. And so it was very interesting to just hear like something, this sort of straight ahead stripped down from clown in is Slipknot, you know, you just are, yeah, yeah, it's just very surprising. But, um, you know, it's breezy, it has like a, a weird, strange scatting at one point. Um, lyrically, it seems darker than you would expect from the music. I mean, the first word is lost, taking myself away. Later on in the song, he says, I'm so hollow from all the sorrow tomorrow. But then at the end of the song, lyrically, it kind of ends in this hopeful place where it's like, I wish you could go away with me in my car. It seats three. That's me, you, and my dog. And I remember thinking, like, okay, this is a this is a different perspective we're getting. Um, I could not get any clarity though on if Brandon's the lead singer or Sean's the lead singer, or if they trade off. Because um, vocally, it does seem to change throughout the album. Jenny, what did you get on that front? I had no clue. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And then I didn't. (laughs) So that's what you come here for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure. I I like to think that it was Sean and, you know, he he had the courage to find his voice. But we'll see. Because, I mean, he, you know, initially it sounds like from that interview that Brandon had to encourage him to sing. Um, but also said that he maybe didn't have a great voice. So I don't know. A great mystery. A great a mystery. mystery. A mystery. All right. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we've got Get It To Go.
We are rocking and rolling, you guys. Yeah, this Th- one. Yeah, that felt more like a track one to me. I like that one a lot better. This felt very like Electric Six to me. Yes. I wrote in my notes like Electric Six, but also the vines, also mm-hmm. the white stripes a little bit, the strokes, that sort of 2002, 2003, real rock is back. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, the Von Bondies, the Mooney Suzuki. The way you said the Von Bondies there, it sounded like you were Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Von Bondies. The Von Bondies. Yeah. You know, Mitch brought up the Mooney Suzuki like two days ago. Wow. Just to say how shitty they were. Whoa. Coming for the Mooney, Mitch. I was like, I've heard the name. I don't think I've ever listened to it. He's like, it's just shitty. Trying to sound like the hives or something. I don't know. I think their thing was that they wanted to be like they were like uh, the the MC5 if you left them in the wash too long. Like, yeah, we were just talking thing. about well, we were actually talking about the upcoming corn show and how he was like, who's who's opening opening? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, it's going to be some like off the wall, random shit. And that he brought up the Mooney Suzuki as like <laughs> what it could be. I I desperately want the Mooney Suzuki now to jump, <laughs> hop on this tour. I mean, what a what a thing you show up super early. Mooney Suzuki come on. And then it's like, all right, now stained. <laughs> I mean, they've come up twice in as many days, so at I mean, this point. It might be. They've it been be invoked. The mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's, isn't it Fire from the Gods? That's oh, I, oh, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Surprising. No. Shock of all shocks. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, uh, I thought this was... Um, this sounded very much very 2003 to me. It, you know, I liked the vibe of it, and I liked how it had this sort of like, like we're uh, we're going in the new direction, and we don't have time to wait for you. We're gonna get it together, and we're gonna get it to go. We don't have time, all right, for you to figure out what's on the menu. We got it in a to-go bag. We're hopping in the car. And we're blazing out. Um, also, at the beginning, this there's this sort of uh, distorted vocal that seems to introduce this concept of the orange, as if this sort of like band within a band scenario. And uh, I can't remember if this was this the song with the video, Jenny, or was that a different one? It was a different one. Okay, uh, but that video also evokes the orange as well. So I'm wondering if the reason that it started with the world's too small is sort of like more of like an intro track before we go into this band within a band scenario. Um, but I had a good time with this. I thought it was a fun time. Jenny. Yeah. Uh, I liked it as well. Um, because it's a side project, I sort of felt like maybe this, was approached in such a way of like, this is your opportunity to play every genre of music that isn't the genre of music that you are very successful playing. Um, so I was a little more, I think, forgiving than I might be otherwise if we were listening to something and it, it took such like a hard left so soon. I just think it makes sense to me that you want to play all the stuff that you don't get to play. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. 
Yeah, definitely. A good time. Good time rock and roll music. Good time rock and roll music. Is what they're going for with this one, I'll tell you. Oh, I should mention, I have a physical copy of the album here. Uh, Picked it up from Half Price Books for a sweet $2. That's a great price. And um, it is a digipack. It has... um, Basically, this the look of what is trying to be an old LP record. So it has like pre-distressed design. Uh, the front cover has the members of the band standing on top of a giant flower. And it looks like they're hanging off of it for dear life. Band photo on the back. Sean is basically sort of hiding behind Brandon. But what I thought was most interesting was I looked at just the credits and... It says back band photo by Jonathan Mannion. And Jonathan Mannion is a renowned photographer in the hip-hop world. He has taken photos of Jay-Z, Dr. Dre, Aaliyah, Nas, Nicki Minaj, Kendrick Lamar. He's known for just, yeah, like so many iconic... um, He did the cover of Reasonable Doubt for Jay-Z. He did... DMX, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. He convinced, oh, wow. He convinced DMX to get in the tub covered in blood. He said, this is going to be sick. You got to do it. Older Bastard. I mean, yeah, I think he's done like almost every Jay-Z album cover. Uh, DJ Quick. He did the Marshall Mathers LP for Eminem. Oh, my God. This guy did it all. This guy did it all. He did it all. The Blueprint. He did that album cover. St. Lunatic's Free City. He did that cover. But here also, Sum 41, All Killer, No Filler. He did that album cover. The man's, uh, the man's, Ja Rule, Pain is Love. This guy was thriving. 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 I love it. I, I, oh my God, this guy, you, you can just scroll. This is just an endless scroll. This guy, he waking up in the morning, he gets a glass of water, and then he grabs that camera, and he's like, what's Rick Ross doing? I gotta shoot some pics. You know. Gotta shoot some pics. That's yes. a classic, yeah, the right. yeah. classic photographer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta shoot the, some pics. Gotta shoot some pics. The, the Carter Three. The Carter Three. The, hold it. The Carter Three. That's what it says. He just he did, added the wheezy tattoos. He. I mean, he must have done something in the art. They give him the credit here. Who am I to disagree? Who am I to disagree? Hey, Mister Carter. <laughs> Carter All three right. is uh, uh, yeah. amazing. Oh, it's a great record. Great record. Um, I think uh, we have anything else to say about get it to go. I don't think so. I'm ready for I the next track. So. All right, let's do it. All right, up next we've got in the mood. This just in. Let's go. 
So Matt, I am just fascinated by your reactions to this album. Talk us through your feelings. If you were to show, or if there were to be like an audio example of what a side project sounds like, you just need to play that song. (laughs) Like that is a quintessential side project song. Like, because there's no, like, Rick Rubin is asleep on the couch. He's not helping. Old sleeping, sleepy Rick isn't coming back. <laughs> Old sleepy Rick. Old sleepy, Old sleepy Rick. Rick. He's not coming. He's not coming to tell you, like, hey, you guys want to do another pass at this one? Kind of seems a little slapdash and weird. Instead, you're just getting, cool, I can do this one. Let's roll. That's a side project song. So, Matt, I'm going to blow your mind here. This was the first single. Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. And uh, the thing that really struck me with this is vocally, it reminds me of Primus, but also it reminds me of like like a joke band. Like like we're, like we're kidding, and this is full of like musical in-jokes. And then to read like the interview in the New York Times, to read the review in the New York Times, and basically how this thing seems to be built around this idea like we're here to ruin the melody is this idea of like he's sort of talking about himself and how people think about Slipknot and think about him as a musician. And um, I, uh, I enjoyed this, but it did feel like a bit of an in-joke to me. Like it was winking, but I didn't quite understand the wink. But Jenny, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, I this one was definitely on the jokey side, and I I don't like that. Um, <laughs> you hate me jokes. Little, I I mean I'm very humorless. It's one of my <laughs> the hallmarks of my personality. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of what I assume Tenacious D sounds like. I've never actually listened to Tenacious D, so I don't know. I might be wrong. It, it, no. Wrong? You guys will shook your head vigorously. All right. No. I'm wrong. I'll take that. I'll take it. Um, it's just very jokey. I thought it was fine, but I didn't really super enjoy it. I thought the video was okay. Watch the video for this. It was very much the animation style of that time. Lauren, you said it was a little C-Lab-like, and I agreed. It had a yeah, it had a C Lab vibe, very early Adult Swim vibe. Also, you know, just packed with uh, various uh, in joke mentions. Like, seemed to be sort of trying to talk about like a greater thing, like some greater messages, like an anti capitalist uh, vibe. But also, once again, talking about the orange um, is this sort of like band within a band thing going on. It, it is a strange decision though. Like, this was the first single. I don't really think it's really uh, representative of the album. Um, and, uh, but also like, I couldn't really tell who the, like, I know who the band is. Cause I've got like the CD here and I know what they all look like, but like in the, in the video, you could, you could just as well think that this is like a gorilla situation and none of these people are real. And it, it's just one guy you don't even know. Cause the vocal part is all done by like a, like a robot zombie thing. Right. In the car, Jenny? Am I remembering that right? I think 
so yeah it's a lot a lot of wild imagery also this was not lovingly preserved so a little no. pixelated uh, at times i'm sure it looked incredible on uh you know mtvu <laughs> in, in some in a in a dorm room in 2003 though um Desert Sessions is the other vibe I got from this. If you ever listen to them, that Mm-mm. basically Queens of Stone Age side project where it sounds like they sort of tossed off um, some stuff in the desert over a couple days. Um, honestly, if this had less jokey vocals, I probably, I'd say like the vocals are what put it in that really jokey vibe more than anything else. Because musically, I don't think it's that thin. I think it has a little bit more heft to it than something like yeah like desert sessions which always sounds a little half-baked intentionally I, yeah but it is another one of those things where i'm just like i'm wondering they play this for other musicians and they're like i get it i see what they're doing here ha ha i'm like i don't know man i don't know mm-hmm. so um all right well i guess we are ready for the next one all right up next we've got blue So an interesting note, um, and I, I don't know if it was in the interview or on the wiki, but um, they said that they would, um, after each song, basically take apart the studio and rebuild it and use totally different inf- instruments song to song. And on my like subsequent listens after hear- reading that, I was like, yeah, that definitely checks out. Um, because it does, yeah, it does create like a weird different vibe. Because here we start to hit into... Um, some of the 60s pop references the beatles vibes but also this uh this reminds me of something that like harvey danger or space hog would do in like 1998 and once again not something i would expect from clown um but uh but i enjoyed it it's uh you know and it also has this weirdly upbeat sentiment that you would never associate with blue belongs in the sky but not on you and i like you know that's a long way from slit the throat and fuck the wound you guys <laughs> just, just a little it's, it is people contain uh, multitudes you know they they do that's right they do they do we're learning that here uh jenny what'd you think of blue i thought it was all right it reminded me of like music that 
a band that is like successful locally would play that'd be like in a car commercial or like the soundtrack of a movie or something. This is a long lost majesty crush song. Yeah. It just like really conjured up like probably at this exact time, like dudes who are like in their forties and these bands, like sleeping with my friends, maybe like he's fucking old. He's so cool. I'm like, no, he's not cool. (laughs) He's very old. He sucks. Um, You know, he's very old. Uh, Jenny was that friend. She's just like, you gotta get rid of this old guy who sucks. You gotta get rid of that forty-year-old rocker. A hundred percent. And then, look, I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't do it too, but I was told no, and I accepted it. Um, But yeah, it just very much, very much reminds me of that that vibe. Jenny, he's in the Mooney Suzuki. I think they're gonna go far. Honest to God, yeah. Like, no, dude, stop doing coke with that guy. He's old. <laughs> Stay away. This is weird. Uh, and now, um, yeah. and now we're this age. So I'm we are hashtag thankful that none of us are trying to date nineteen-year-old girls. <laughs> yes, yes. No, thank you. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Um, Matt, how'd you feel about Blue? I, again, I, I kind of feel like we're we're in a we're in a very '90s alt rock vibe. Feel like old Shannon Hoon could have shown up if this was back in the day. Just uh, you know, this would be in the um, direct to video uh, singles esque movie. Um, not singles, but the movie that they made based on the idea of singles. Um, Oh, this this plays in the trailer for like a weed comedy, but like a hippie weed comedy, you know, right. like the yeah. stoned age, you know, like we don't, you know, we don't have, I want Days to Confuse Mom, we don't have it, we have Days to Confuse at Home, which is the stoned age. I mean, I was, I mean, I got, I mean, I was writing just like every band I could think of, Fastball, gave me Fastball vibes, um, yep. There was this, um, I think there were Swedish um, band that I remember listening to in college called the Drowners. Remind me a little bit of that. So, evoking all that, um, not a lot of comments on songmeanings.com, but there was one for this song. Commenter XX Emma XX said, first of all, to my surprise, this album has to be the weirdest album I've ever heard. That being said, after a few listens, I've grown to love all but a couple of the songs, and this is my favorite. It's kind of self-explanatory. He's just saying that his girlfriend shouldn't feel sad and that she won't always feel this way. Hardly anyone seems to have heard of this band. I'm the only person on the fan list here, LOL. And when I type to my surprise in and on LimeWire, absolutely nothing to do with this band turned up. That's the first time that's ever happened to me on LimeWire. Slipknot fans might have heard of them because the clown from Slipknot is also in TMS, but thankfully they sound completely different. I only got the album because I like the cover, and I've never seen it in a shop since, but I'm glad I did. If anyone's reading this, then I'd encourage you to buy it. I think Amazon might sell it. Wow, even points you in the right direction. Yeah, that's an incredibly helpful um, song meaning comment. Also, LimeWire. I love it. It was like, I could barely find it on LimeWire. And everything's on LimeWire. Everything. What can't you find on there? I'm almost done downloading this Radiohead 
DMX mashup. I'm sure it's going to be great. Oh, man. For sure. Yeah. How about we listen to the next song? What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Up next, we got Say Goodbye. Century Fox presents the weed comedy you've been waiting for. I guess this one's a little too high. Uh, this one sounded to me like an interlude that got out of hand and suddenly became a full-length song. <laughs> this was just a, a jam in the rehearsal room and clowns like, we got to hit record, always record. We got a song here. And yeah, because this thing's like three and a half minutes long and basically just runs like this. It is the closest we get to any sort of Slipknot vibe on here just because it reminds me of some of those moody interstitials they have on their albums um, where Corey's sort of mumbling over rumbles. Weakest song in the album for me, I'd say. Jenny? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this one. <laughs> Again, it just feels like this is my shot to cover as many genres and different vibes as I want to. So for that, it's okay, but nah, not the strongest track on the album. Matt? Yeah, it, it like I said, it, in, in just, it, it definitely feels like the song that plays under a voiceover for a movie or a project that somebody wants you to see this record is at this moment fairly disconnected it just kind of feels like we've got eight different ideas and each song is going to represent a different idea Mm -hmm. i'm being real hard on clown here well well, think about but i I think that's by design you know like i said he walked into the studio they record a song and then he's like unplug everything throw everything away new instruments next song yeah you're not gonna have a cohesive situation with that you know but also what their name is to my surprise they're surprising you with every track keeping you a little off balance Just saying. That's true. They told, us. They, they told, told us. us. they told us. They told us. They told us. Okay. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we have Easy or Not.
rocking on this one. We're rocking on this one. I enjoyed that's this a, one quite a bit. That's a dandy, dandy Warhol song. You know what I wrote in my notes? This, this is a rock bop. This is a rock bop. Wow. I would have put this one out as the first single, frankly. As much, I, I would say it would have done the same job of letting you know this ain't Slipknot, but also I, I, I feel like the chops are there. I think the song is there. I mean, it gets to that chorus in less than a minute. It's like they knew they had this chorus in the pocket. They're like, we can't, we can't leave this boy. We got to do quick verse right into that chorus. We got something hot here. I think this one, this might be one of the best songs on the album. I like this. Um, yeah, I wrote in my notes. They don't make them like this anymore. Oh shit, uh, Jenny, what'd you think? Easy or not? I enjoyed it. I agree with Matt. It gave me a Dandy Warhol's vibe, and it is just a bop. It's just a bop. Yeah, I mean, this one made me wonder. Like, you know, if they had, I don't know, like four more of these like a to my surprise concert might be a party you know oh yeah might be Matt, how'd you how'd you feel about easier not i felt like it was like i said a danny warhol's bop again completely felt like a completely different song than the last one so good job guys you're you're doing what you're doing um i don't know if i like the vocalist i think that's that's kind of been my prevailing issue interesting songmeanings.com only one comment from commenter virus of life so we know we know where they stand on slipknot and they said easy i have a relationship like this lol he's the problem and she's the only girl he loves and that can help him real recognize real yeah real. there you go recognize real yeah when you know you're like uh, when you when you hear a song and you're like that's me i'm a mess yeah, but uh, yeah, a good old bop. I I wish I had more to say about it. Just like you know, when they're when they're hitting, it's just like yeah, good work, good work, clown and company. But when hey, they're clown missing, co. we'll come. <laughs> oh, we're we're watching clown co. <laughs> clown co. That's right. Okay. Uh, All righty. Are we ready for the next track? Let's do it. All right. Turn it back around. Now, the Beatles pastiches come to the forefront. Um, (laughs) And, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, the Beatles, they got a rep for being pretty good. 
and influencing they quite, do a, have a, quite a few. They bands. do have that rap. They, they do have that rap, and uh, you know the thing about it is that when you're evoking the Beatles, you gotta be you gotta be careful because their music is pretty good, and if this music is not so good, all it's gonna make you think about is how not so good it is and how much better the Beatles were. And with this one, I thought they actually had a pretty solid chorus with the turn it back around part, but these verses are terrible. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so this was another one where I, I I see what he's trying to do, but I'm just like, this feels like, I don't know, for you, not for me. Um, not the worst thing I've ever heard, but when you when you hold it up to the harsh light of day that's being emanated from the sun that is the Beatles, <laughs> I'm gonna follow this metaphor too. Um, it doesn't quite work, Jenny. Yeah, I agree. It's it's tough. This one was definitely like even from an era of the Beatles that isn't maybe my fave. Just a little bit of that. I don't know. Wacky white album era. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I like the white album. I'm not here to criticize the boys from Liverpool or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to tell the boys from Liverpool. Uh, the Liverpool I'm cracking boys. myself up over here. But uh, I mean, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It definitely. I mean, good for them for going for it, but mm, I don't know. No thanks, Matt. Matt. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I'm so confused by this record. Like, mainly that clown from Slipknot, like, made this record. It's so wild. So in that sense, like, good on you. Like, all right. You did it. But then there's a part of me that just feels like, I, I'm so glad you have Slipknot. <laughs> and then there's another part of me that goes like, this feels like a local band. This doesn't feel like a major label, Rick Rubin executively produced record. I mean, but once again, that seems like by design. It seems by design. He was going to make this all on his own in Iowa. And Rick Rubin's like, come out. Come out to Cello Studios. Do it up big. And he's like, all right. But it's still going to be what it is. You know? And yeah, once again, if Rick Rubin producing your record is Rick Rubin asleep on the couch, then Rick Rubin executive producing means that he's sleeping on his own couch and is just like FaceTiming in. Like, how we doing? Everything going good? It's it's You lock up at the end of the day? They finish the record, give it to him, and they're like, are you sure? And they go, yes. And he goes, okay. (laughs) I get my points either way, so okay. There it is. All right. Let's just keep it on trucking. All right. Up next, we've got This Life. It's all 
You guys, you know when you're just spending just inordinate amounts of time in a jumpsuit with a mask on your face, sweat just everywhere, every day. You stink. You stink to high heaven. And you're just like, I need a break and I need to get as far away from this as possible. This is how you get here. You run in the opposite direction. And it it makes sense to me in that way. I get it. Do I love it? Mm, I don't hate it. It's all right. It, it it does feel though, like especially at this point in the record, like I was just like, this guy's getting out stuff that he knows he will never get out. It's like not. No. Way. And he's been given essentially a blank check. Pretty much. Boy, Rick Rubin. It's like realize your dreams. Realize your Beatles meets blink 182 what's my age again melody (laughs) and make it happen and he did he's doing it jenny what'd you think of this life uh i actually liked the song i thought it was pretty good i agree with you i mean i don't know a ton of people in super heavy bands but the people that i do know in super heavy bands tend to listen to a lot of stuff that is way outside of that genre and like would love to be able to make that kind of music sometimes, you know, like maybe at first it was like surprising to me. I think one of the people I know that is like in a very successful band, it's like super into Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> go off, I guess, as the kids would say, but go off. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It makes me happy to listen to this album and think that like, it was just like Roadrunner and Rick Rubin were just like, thumbs up, dude. Go for it. Have the best time of your life. Uh, so I don't know. I thought the song was all right. And I'm glad that he got to do this project with his friend, you know? Yeah, for sure. Matt? Yeah, I I love the instrumentation at the top. That was really good. And then uh, when we got into the song, the vocalist kind of once again isn't my cup of tea. So you know but i felt like i like that song that felt like a nice summer afternoon it did it did i don't think you'd be too mad about that one at a barbecue no i don't think you're not no no comments and song meanings always surprising with sometimes i'm just like you guys were just talking about you know we're gonna make it you can make i mean that's the thing the overwhelming positivity of so many of these lyrics um also just really showed like you know like, like, I don't think things are as grim as you may have heard in my other band and our song, My Plague. <laughs> I mean, this does come on the heels of people committing a murder and saying that Slipknot lyrics inspired, like, they listen to mm-hmm. Slipknot to, like, amp them right. up to do it. So mm-hmm. I guess yeah. if you're in that position, you might want to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hey, pump the brakes there a little hey, bit, buddy. these are characters, and these lyrics are, like, kind of a shtick. So <laughs> let's let's talk. I mean, like, at, at that moment, you probably really feel... I mean, he said in that interview that he, like, has this platform to influence and didn't feel like he was using it well, right? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it's not too surprising that he's like, well, I'm going to say something, and it's not going to be... Uh, you know, slit your throat and fuck the wound. <laughs> like, don't don't actually do that. 
don't 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 we were going for strictly imagery there you guys (laughs) right after we wrote it we all like had lunch and it was totally not literal (laughs) we're okay you're okay we're fine yeah yeah. That also, that beginning into the song gave me just a whisper of Meantime by uh, Space Hog. Mm, just mm-hmm. that whisper. The whisper. You cannot underplay the influence of the hog. You can't. Uh, all right. Well, I think we're ready for the next one. Come with me. With these straight-ahead rockers, they just feel very much in the pocket, you know? Like, this is just getting it dot, got, getting it dot done. What am I saying? <laughs> getting, getting it dot, get, dot done. Getting my, it dot done. Get that done. Get that done. That's my domain. Um, so <laughs> go ahead and go over to getting it dot done. <laughs> please log into getting it dot done and um, give us your email address. Uh, this reminded me of uh, a heavier Fountains of Wayne vibe a little bit um which is very 2003 uh i i mean they're in the pocket i enjoyed it i thought it was great this is uh, i could i could have taken like 10 more of these um i thought the vocal was very strong in this one definitely worked for me on this one once again is this brandon is this clown i don't know but i enjoyed it very much jenny i also like this one a lot it felt like a straight ahead little alternative rock bop and i'm always here for those so Takes me back to listening to the radio, you know, recording yep. songs off the radio. When is better than Ezra is desperately wanting going to come on the radio? Because I need <laughs> oh. to tape it. Will uh, it ever come on the radio? Come on. Uh, better yes. than Ezra. I don't need um, to hear good again. Give me desperate. Look, no shade to good, but desperately wanting is a great song. You know, better than Ezra have a couple, couple deep cut jams, I will say. Um, never thought I'd be saying that on this show, but here we are. Look, uh, yeah. clown brought us here. He did. I mean, in a way, I think we're kind of underplaying this a little bit. Is that clown showing like he can kind of do it all? You know, I feel like this record's been more hits than misses, and even then, like the misses feel more like a situation of just he he was just feeling himself and. It isn't an embarrassment the way that a miss can be in a lot of these other records, you know? This is no Fieldy's Dreams. You know what I'm saying? That is true. 
Feel these dreams. Feel these dreams. Every time. I cannot hear feel these dreams without then saying feel these dreams. Yes. What a dream. What a dream. Our dreams too. All dreams. Matt, how'd you feel about Come With Me? You know, it um, it was probably my favorite song in the album so far. I felt like this was the amalgamation of everything that I've been wanting uh, from this record. I just wanted a little bit more of that pop hook. There you have it. There you have it. Um, all right. We got a couple more left. All right. Up next, we got Sunday. So I wrote in my notes just the word Beatles in all caps. Um, <laughs> this one really, really had that vibe going on. This one, honestly, this is another one that's kind of felt a bit like like a fake song. Like this could be by um, the band from That Thing You Do. You know what I mean? Like yes. This, this feels like the, the pastiche is so hard as to being like, we didn't mean for this to be like a quote-unquote real song this is for like a soundtrack in a movie you know when a character's like i'm in a band we got a hit song this is the song you hear and it's not bad but it's like that i don't know whatever that layer is that of unreality but also this is another one where at the end of it they say the orange is saying goodbye so we have that band within a band thing again going on which i could think lends itself another level of unreality i don't know if that's the word that makes it sound more psychedelic than i think it comes across to me jenny what'd you think of this one uh yeah i thought this was another beatles heavily influenced by the beatles situation which i thought was okay uh but i don't know i'm not much for the do 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 songs you know in general, if you're dooting, yeah. I'm probably yeah. <laughs> you're I'm probably out of the way. I'm dooting right out the door. <laughs> no offense to those who enjoy the dudes, but I'm not much of a doot person myself. Uh, yet you've been dragged to two Third Eye Blind concerts by me. Yeah, I have. I mean, that dude, I guess I can I can hang with, but I don't know. It's just like this, the very like silly cutesy pop situation that often comes with like the do 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 i'm like nah nah don't do don't do it at me <laughs> don't this is a no do zone <laughs> this 40 year old man is duding and sleeping with my best friend this 40 year old keeps duding at me <laughs> jenny just pointed her friend aside being like you're gonna waste your life on these 
dudes. Duders. Right. Don't fuck the dude guy. <laughs> Don't fuck the dude guy. Do yourself a favor. Do not fuck the dude guy. You will look back on this with regret. Right. I mean, look, do I bring it up occasionally and be like, remember when? Like, yes, I remember. Okay. I'm like, but as we approach the age, do you see now how creepy it is? Or like, yes, okay, I got it. Mm. So. Yeah. Just think about on the other end, though, being that guy, and he's like, all I've got is these dutes to parlay out here. I don't feel bad for him, Lauren. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. You think I care? I don't. You duded yourself into this situation. Duke your way out of it. I will not put myself into that dude's (laughs) The dude man's shoes. Jenny has no empathy for My empathy only goes so far. Uh, do you want a uh, dude with me? <laughs> no. Me and my friends are going to practice some dudes back at the uh, at the bar if you want to join us. No. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. I'm positive. Dude and Hardick dude. All right. Dude hard, yeah. dude. Uh, all right. Well, we only have one song left. So, Jenny, how respectful of our time is this album? This album is 41 minutes and 17 seconds. Hit me with that time one more time. 41 minutes and 17 seconds. Eh, that's that's pretty quick. That's a that's a light breeze of an album. Yeah, I mean pretty respectful of our time, I'd say. I'd say so. Yeah, this was uh this was a breezy listen every time. So, all right. Last song. What do we got? Who's to say? Jenny, how'd you feel about our closer there? It does feel like we're on our way out with that song. Um, This is that old dusty trail of a song. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. I thought it was fine, but we didn't need this one. Just keep it at at a nice clean 10 there, you know, but it did feel like it was taking us out. So I think I understand um, what they were going for here, but I don't know. Wasn't necessarily my jam. What did you think? I wrote my notes. Have we mentioned these guys love the Beatles? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's interesting because you have basically track two intros this the Orange Band, then the penultimate track outros them, and so if we look at the first track and the last track as these sort of bookends of who to my surprise actually is uh, it it creates a I, I, it creates a whole other prism in which to view the album um 
looking at this as more of just like yeah like you said like sort of a dusty trail acoustic thing to sort of take you out you know on this weird sort of i you know like upbeat um uh you know it's it's crazy how you know life life is crazy you guys life is crazy life is crazy who's to say how it's gonna go the rain could totally change your day you know there's the line every boy and girl should be happy every girl and boy should be sad i think they should experience everything then everything will be what they have oh okay think about it think about it think about i'm pointing at my head right now because you got to do that you got to think about it wow good point let it ruminate let it ruminate let it marinate as they say um and that's the album to my surprise by to my surprise side project summer continues and uh now it's the part of the show where we talk about whether or not this album Matt is canon talk slash uh is it uh essential or is it ego correct yes <laughs> <laughs> we're remembering I, how this show we works. remember how the show hey, works. remember how the show works i we barely remember. i'm telling you that godsmack episode almost thread. broke me we're but we'll get it back it's we'll just like it it's just we're like back. riding a bike that's right uh jenny we'll start with you um i i would put this more in the essential bucket than the ego bucket i felt like the the, this is very pure um even though like a lot of it i thought was just all right or i i maybe didn't like it that much it was a breezy listen it was definitely something that was a surprise uh the the name of the band did not lie to us wouldn't be able to do this in slipknot i thought the intention was really good it seemed like a nice fun thing so how can I be mad at it? I'm I'm here for it. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good album. Um, they have the chops, and they have a lot of tunes. And, I mean, there's really only one song in here where I was like, this doesn't work at all. Um, it's a brisk, poppy time. If you love 90, late 90s alt-rock, but also love, like, 60s pop stuff, it's appealing in that way. Um it really is like a complete, like, not concerned with the Slipknot audience at all. Um, and so, yeah, and in that way, it, it's funny is that, like, I can see it being argued as an ego thing because he's, like, getting out stuff he couldn't get in in Slipknot at all. But it feels unconcerned with being, like, a big popular thing. It feels like it just like this catharsis in a way of just like getting out these feelings um and in that way i would also say essential um and i wrote clown wins again matt true i think i think clown wins because he got to do this and very few people ever get the opportunity to put out a record of stuff of what of which you want to do ever and have it be put on a major label, have Rick Rubin as the executive producer. Clown wins across the board. I, it feels non-essential. I think you are okay giving, to my surprise, a skip. 
So it does feel a little bit more of an ego play, like an I can do this. But even in that, Clown wins again. You know what I mean? So he's the he's the mind and spine behind Slipknot. And then he gets to do a pure vanity project and come out of it fully unscathed. Nobody brings up to my surprise to him. Nobody says anything about this record. And maybe it's the masks that help that. That, you know, they just get to put the masks back on. He gets to hit a hit a keg with a hammer with a hammer or a baseball bat, and all's good. Um but this feels like a tremendous dick swing. And uh I appreciate hearing it, but I am not here for it. Okay. There you have it. To my surprise, but to my surprise, Side Project Summer continues on. And that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're on all those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, your recs, your suggestions, your thoughts. Send them on over. And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren. Thank you. Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.